Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of our Builder Spotlight. We have an amazing guest today who is currently the community advocate for ENS Domains and previously held a position with ENS Vision. Sadaf, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, like I said, we're super excited for this too. Um, would you mind just starting off giving us some background information on you know who you are? Sure, absolutely. So like you mentioned, I'm the community advocate at ENS Labs and my name is Sadaf or Sadaf.eth. I used to work for ENS Vision, so you guys might know me from there. And I've been in the space for almost two years now. Um, the position at Labs is fairly new. I've only been with them for about a month now, but super exciting. It's kind of been um, obviously like the highlight of my career so far. And yeah, I'm, I'm uh, psyched to be on this side of the interview for the first time in a really long time. Yeah, I know, I know you're a, a frequent host of spaces, especially with your new role. So it'll be, it'll be nice to kind of do the questioning for once. Uh, what was your first step into Web3 in general, though? Did that happen, you know, through Twitter? Um, did somebody introduce it to you? You know, I actually, I was introduced to Web3 through my siblings. Both of them are still in the space and really love it. All three of us are pretty active. I'm the youngest of three. And I kind of fell into Web3 during the transitional period of, of my time. And I was had kind of uh, relocating, had left my home in Philly, moved out of my apartment, quit my job, and was looking for a way to make some money while I was on the road. I took like a two-month-long solo trip, RVing through the States to find out where I wanted to kind of live next and what my next uh, step was. And I was just um, looking to kind of make a little bit of money on the side, I think, as a lot of us try to do um, and kind of see maybe crypto is an opportunity to do two years ago. <laughs> and I ended up kind of fascinated by the NFT scene. And I think at some point along the way, I realized that NFTs were really cool. And I, and I loved, you know, the potential technology that they had, but I didn't really feel like they were fully there yet. So I wanted something more to kind of sink my teeth into. And Throughout that process, I had discovered ENS just because, you know, as a lot of us feel, I didn't feel I didn't feel totally comfortable or safe sending my assets back and forth or sending crypto back and forth with this long 42 character address. And I had learned about ENS pretty early on, but hadn't fully dived into it yet. Once I kind of went through my NFT phase and was looking for a little bit more I started focusing on on ENS and that's where I really found my passion. And um, I'm not on the dev or tech side of things, but I do have a fascination with it. That's always kind of been a thing for me. So it was it was cool to be surrounded by all these people that were building and it was really inspirational. I just kind of focused my time and energy on it, trying to learn from the people around me and it, it stuck. And, and are your siblings, are they still in the space as well? Do they have any projects that they're doing or, or any positions that they hold in the community? Um, they are both anonymous, but and they don't have any projects or anything like that. But they are in the ENS space primarily, a bit in the NFT space still as well. But yeah, I'm very, very close to my siblings. So, you know, we talk often and 
they give me advice and critique me in ways that, you know, maybe the community or the public wouldn't because <laughs> they just know me on that level. But yeah, they're, they're huge supporters. Gotcha. Yeah. It's got, it's got to be nice having family members who kind of understand the space. I know when I explain it to uh, my, my siblings or even my friends and family, um, I, I kind of get looked at like I'm crazy a lot of the time. So that's got to be nice to have. Yeah, it's it's great to kind of have that rebound to bounce things off of and stuff. And yeah, like I said, they're they're super supportive of, you know, how far I've come in this kind of short amount of time. So it's it's great to have that, you know. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. Now, I know you mentioned your role with ENS Vision. How did you kind of segment from, you know, learning about crypto and first learning about ENS to getting the position with ENS Vision? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good question. I think, as as I mentioned earlier, I'm not on the dev or tech side of things um, as much as I would love to be. It's, it's always kind of been a dream to be like a coder, but I wanted to find a way to contribute to the community. I think I was really lucky in having two other people show me the ropes on such a personal level. And I know how difficult it can be to to learn about Web3 because a lot of it is knowing what questions to ask. So I wanted to kind of create a safe space for people of whatever caliber or level they're at with learning to join and ask questions and just kind of get involved or just sit back and listen if they wanted to. So I started doing spaces and that's kind of where things picked off. I was able to host ENS Vision right before their marketplace had dropped uh, through my friendship with Zero Zero Coins. And we had him and Furion on with my co-host at the time, Bloom. And it, it kind of picked off from there. We started establishing a, a friendship with them. And, you know, they they were just so kind and considerate and they really put forth an effort to make time for us. And they just answered all the questions so diligently. So I, I continued my friendship with both of them, still, still have my friendship with both of them. And one day, Furion just called me. They were looking for somebody to help out with Marketplace. And they just offered me a position. At the time, I was looking for a way to make Web3 sustainable for myself. I was actually, this is so sad to say, but after two years in this space, I kind of felt like I had failed because I was living off of my savings. I was dedicating all of my time to learning and to involving myself in Web3, kind of trying to climb up the totem pole. And I just couldn't seem to make it work. Um, it, it just wasn't sustainable enough to pay my rent, pay my bills, live my life. So I was actually applying, like working on a resume when Furion called me. Um, and like by the grace of the heavens, totally saved me and offered me a job. And I was like, yes, done. <laughs> wow, that's that's really interesting. And I think just kind of your story, I think, you know, people tuning in can actually learn a lot about that especially in the Web3 space with how early it is. Like if you spend the time and really, you know, create good content and put yourself out there and, and try to learn, I, I think for the most part, an opportunity will kind of present itself at some point. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. And I think um, it's so important to note that like when I had started, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Um, it was prior to like the big boom that we have been experiencing in the last maybe six to eight months. So there weren't a ton of opportunities uh, to to really work and make money in this field, especially for somebody that doesn't have some of the experience that the other people do have. So 
I think um, as time goes on, and I'm really hoping that more job opportunities open up and people start valuing the community and the work that they put in and kind of start seeing what they can bring to the table as well. I do have a lot of hope that people eventually will be able to find jobs here. You know, the people that stick around and really put forth the effort. For sure. And obviously we're in a uh, a pretty bad market right now, but it does seem like there's a lot of companies, you know, outside of the Web3 world that are putting money into uh, blockchain technology and the possibilities of, of what there is to be built with this. So you have to assume that, you know, ENS has a good chance of playing a part in that. And as the market rebounds and, and more things are being built, you'd have to think that there's a, a good chance that the people who are sticking around today and creating content and building something have a potential to be a part of that future um, tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. I think those people are going to kind of be at the forefront of things at the next bull cycle. Um, a lot of it is really just getting as informed as you can. And I think these slower periods in the market are a great time to to learn as much as possible. And, you know, there are people building while, like they say, you know, you build during a bear and you prepare for the next bull. So I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now where, sure, like it might, it might kind of seem scary from ground floor where, you know, you see a lot of like tech layoffs and, and yet like the industry is suffering from, a bunch of different outside reasons, but there are people in the background with their heads down who are still continuing to work and trying to make themselves prepared for that next level. So it's it's a great time to kind of invest in yourself. No doubt. That was that was a really good clip right there. You will definitely be seeing that on Twitter <laughs> next week. So uh, look out for that. But with all that in mind, like when you when you first started getting into and exploring ENS, did you expect it to to get the attention that it does have today when you first started? You know, um, my siblings were so bullish and still are incredibly bullish on ENS. So I kind of had that like preface to me that this is going to be the next big thing. I always had a lot of a lot of hope in ENS. Like I said, like it was it was one of those things where once I kind of learned about it, um, I wasn't super familiar with the idea of like protocols and and what they do and how they play a part into things. But once I started kind of learning about it, it all clicked and it seemed so obvious to me. I've, I've never been one for censorship or centralization or control or anything. So, you know, this seemed like the cream of the crop of like technological advances that can push us in that direction. Just jumping in into the conversation and what you guys are really talking about is the journey, right? And what I'm starting to realize is that your journey in particular, I was just telling, you know, thus like yours in particular is one of the highlights of Web3. I see that when you started, and you said you started two years ago, correct? Yeah, it's actually, it's been less than two years. I think it was in... Like February of 2020, I started. Well, your journey, I, I keep on saying this, has to be highlighted in this space because from where you started, and like you said, you know, you were applying to multiple positions and you almost were at the point of giving up to the point where you were writing resumes as Furian was calling you. I, th- <laughs> I, th- I think that, you know, Furian definitely saw something in you. And I feel as though that, you know, not only in this vision, but ENS Labs saw something in you as well. So 
I, I did have a couple of questions for you, but I, I want to figure out how you transitioned from, you know, ENS vision into, into labs and what that transition has been like for you. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. This is something I, I don't think I've like spoken on this yet, really, but I was so incredibly honored to work for a company like ENS Vision, um, whose developers and leaders are working constantly. I mean, it's, it is like an endless thing over there. And it was, it was a great opportunity for me to, to learn and kind of experience things on a side that I hadn't before, being able to like work closely with devs and the coders and, you know, my employers and stuff. It was a very personal job. There was a lot of very immediate contact with your team at all times. And that kind of got me into the mindset to start with just that work mentality, that grind mentality again. And I think it's it's always been a, a huge dream of mine to to work for ENS Labs. When I first got into this field and really started dedicating my time towards ENS, one of the first spaces that I had heard the team speak in was a celebratory space when they had reached, I think it was 100,000 unique wallets. And I think it was like in, I want to say October of 2021. So it really wasn't very long ago. And I had heard Nick and Brantley and Alicia and Jeff Lau on stage, and they were so excited. And they were talking about the protocol, and they were also kind of talking about the release of the DAO. And it was the first time that I had ever heard a woman of color, like really representing something so massive, especially in the tech field. Uh, Alicia, and she became an immediate inspiration for me. And, you know, somewhere along the way, we had gotten in contact, I think it was like eight months later or so, we had gotten in contact with each other and started just doing one-on-one -on -one meetings. And I was thrilled that she was making time for me because she's such a busy woman and, you know, she has so much on her shoulders. And I think we just established that friendship and that connection. And they they offered me a position there. And I mean, as incredible as my job was at ENS Vision, it was something that I really couldn't turn down. And I was really grateful because my team at, at Vision really supported me and understood and wished me the best of luck. And, you know, I'm still in contact with them and everything. So it was a pretty smooth transition, which I'm <laughs> really lucky for, I think. But um, yeah, it, it, it was probably, I mean, up until my offer at Labs, Vision was obviously the highlight of my career in and outside of Web3. And now, you know, Labs is is that next chapter of life for me. I think I'm going to be with Labs for hopefully, knock on wood, a really long time. So, yeah. That's awesome. Like I said, it's a, definitely an inspiration. Um, I would say not only to the ones that have been following you right now, but the ones that are going to follow you in the future, because... I think the community does see the work that you've been putting in and yeah, just want to congratulate you on that, on that rise. Honestly, when it came to, when, no, no, when I, when I saw it, I was like, huh, she's at ENS Vision. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then like a month, two, two months passed by and I'm like, oh snap, she's on the ENS team. Like that is, <laughs> that it is happened very quickly. I got to say when, when the ball starts rolling in web three, it really starts going. So. You know, you you have to be ready and on your toes. Um, try not to get too comfortable with 
you know, anything because things are quick to change. Um, so it was, yeah, I mean, thank you so much. I am so grateful that I am somebody that is actually like worthy of this position and that the community embraces it. I think I'm incredibly lucky. So I really do appreciate it. Well, thank you for spending the time with us, but definitely want to just dive a little bit more into ENS in and of itself. So looking into ENS, you know, in your opinion, what's like the biggest use case for ENS in the future? Yeah, this is a, this is a fun topic. Um, if I'm being completely honest with you, I don't know if we've discovered the biggest use case yet. I think a lot of people want to think that it's going to be in med or in tech or in real estate or something, something around that. But to the core of it, I'm not like with specifics, I'm not totally sure that we've discovered the biggest use case yet. I think as, as the Web3 ecosystem evolves, we're going to see more and more potential cases for ENS to apply to. Um, so I don't want to like speculate too hard, but if, if I had to pick something, I would think that like maybe, um, I would think that the medical field will be a really big one. I think that also the metaverse field will be a really big one. I mean, they're just, ENS is one of those things where it can apply to pretty much everything. Uh, there's not a day that goes by where I don't think to myself like, wow, you know, ENS could probably solve that problem or ENS could help with this and that. So, you know, I, I do think that it's, it just, there are infinite use cases for it. I don't know if there's going to be one that's like the biggest of them all um, that we have discovered already. I think that, you know, it's just going to come with time. And I think that aspect that you're talking about of like not knowing yet is a hundred percent true. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had Amar.eth join us for the show. Um, he's creator of ENS office. And we just talked a little bit about it being almost similar to like websites in the early days. Like when you first had a website, I, I find it highly unlikely that anybody was like, I'm going to be able to do all the scheduling for my, my company. Um, I'm going to be able to create something like Uber. Like I'm going to be able to create something like ENS domains. Like that wasn't really a thought. Um, it's just like you're saying, like, we don't know exactly what that's going to be, but it's probably going to be pretty special. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's a really fun thing to kind of give some thought to uh, because Web3 is one of the very few things I think we can apply original thought to. Um, most things have already kind of been thought of or done in the real world, you know, in, in the way that we more traditionally live. But with this one kind of piece of life, things are just new and rapidly evolving. So I think I think in the next like three to five years, we're going to be seeing things that none of us would have imagined. It's kind of like asking your parent or your grandparent to imagine an iPhone when they only had a flip phone, you know, or like to imagine emojis when they were still working on clicking three to get to see. So like, I just I think it it is something that's going to take some time. And I'm personally really excited for it. Definitely can say that there are a lot of things that I didn't even think about until, you know, being in Web3 and just the different use cases and the different possibilities. So like you said, I think that honestly, it's going to come up years from now when we're going to find one and really realize that this was the best use case for ENS. And just to see all the projects that have also been happening in the space as well, it's just 
so many things are being built on top of ENS. And it's quite ridiculous that, honestly, when we were talking with ENS redirect, I was thinking that the idea, the concept was actually brilliant and just no one had created it yet. So that was pretty awesome to see. But I did want to ask, you know, are there any projects, you know, right now that you're interested in and looking into? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, more more specifically within ENS, um, Dylan has, uh, you know, been working on a whole lot of projects. And I think one of my favorites is Heaven's Tools. I think it's really cool to develop something for developers, uh, develop a product where it has longevity in the way that people are going to be using it to create content and to create their own websites and things of that nature. So I think that's the one that I've been focusing on a lot. Um, I also, the one that you just mentioned, uh, ENS Redirect, I think is really cool as well. I actually recently used it to redirect my link tree uh, in my bio to sadaf.eat.limo. Uh, so I think that's a really neat one as well. I'm, I'm really interested in people that are building for builders or to make it easier for newcomers um, or, you know, newbies, even, even myself to kind of do something with all of the utility and the use cases that ENS has as potential. I, I think that's awesome. And I think that what you're starting to see, like you said, it's the community actually building for the community itself. And so that's, that's the only way we're going to grow. And honestly, that's part of the, the reason that we're doing this now is to highlight the different builders like Dylan, like ENS Redirect, like ENS Office, because we want people to know that the space is growing and that we are one in the community. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there, there is so much potential there. And, um, you know, it being a protocol, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a blank slate, but even more so it's it's your blank canvas and it's also your paintbrush and it's also your acrylics and your uh, colored pencils. It's, it's kind of your path to creating your own identity and your own image. And then once you do that, it's your choice to decide what you do with that freedom. So there are just so many different ways that it could go, so many different things to do with it. It's, it's pretty infinite. Yeah, that's for sure. And like you're saying, with the infinite part, we still don't know what there is even left to do. So that's just going to keep growing the list of the projects out there and keep growing the list of possibilities that this community can create. I, I did kind of want to get your thoughts on if there's anything revolving around ENS that people might misinterpret or don't fully understand, in your opinion. Yeah, this is a this is a great question. I think one thing that people may misinterpret is the use of DNS to ENS importing. I think that's something that personally is very, very exciting to me. I think it's going to be a way to onboard the masses and the quote unquote normies. Because once these huge companies with, you know, like crazy amounts of users really start adopting ENS, that's when we're going to see a huge turning point. So as much as, you know, the, the speculative secondary market might not love it, I personally think that it's going to benefit everybody in our ecosystem, everyone in our community. And, you know, in the long run, we're going to see that be a large push and a large reason for mass adoption to happen. I do think that it's kind of misunderstood a little bit, but if you, if you give it some thought, 
you know, with, with an open mind, I think that you will also kind of see that we do need these larger companies to find a way to kind of bridge their communities to ours. And this is a very easy and simple step that they can take. So, you know, we don't really see .com or HTTP or www in our browsers anymore, but they are there and they are working in the background. So I think it's going to add a lot of value to the protocol in general. So I think that's something that maybe is misinterpreted, but has a lot of potential, a lot of value to it. Oh, right on, right on. We were just talking to Sean Murray and one of his biggest things that he was able to teach us, or I know at least for me, was the fact that you can import the, you know, ENS with DNS and that integration. I think that a lot more people are still under even aware of that part, you know, let alone the full capabilities of ENS. But I uh, wanted to just ask you about your involvement more in ENS labs. I know we keep touching on this, but I think that this is honestly one of the most epic things I've ever seen in Web3. <laughs> so yeah, can you tell us about, you know, what you guys are currently working on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the ENS Labs team is amazing. I am so grateful to be working with these people. They're really, really cool, incredibly smart. I mean, it's it's truly thrilling. My my job, my role there as community advocate is kind of to be boots on the ground, working with the community, trying to find out what is needed of us, what I can work on implementing for you guys, for all of us, really. And right now, I think we're preparing for Q1 of next year, everybody's kind of setting their goals and getting themselves in order for that. I know that I have certain goals that I want to reach for myself on a personal level, and then also just as a contributing member of the ENS ecosystem and of labs. So I'm hoping, you know, right, right now we're working on a couple of different things. Name Wrapper is really the biggest one, and it is in its hopefully last auditing stage. And we will have that deployed. I don't want to give any specifics because it's certainly not my place, but hopefully within the next maybe four or five months, I would say, unless there are any hiccups, they did actually end up improving the layout of it and contract. So they've added more capabilities and stuff. So that's kind of what I've been focusing on right now. I think Jeff is actually kind of manning that and putting together a lot of content and a lot of writing pieces and stuff for people to start adapting to seeing these words. My role is probably going to be breaking some of that down. He is he's very intelligent and he speaks like a dev and he speaks like a coder. So I'm going to try as much as I can to interpret that in a way that all of us can understand. So that's that's kind of been the biggest thing right now. I think another huge thing that Labs is going to be working on this next year is kind of pushing towards some PR and marketing, uh, trying to get more traditional forms of advertisement out there for ENS to expand a little bit into just the the IRL kind of normie space. So we'll hopefully be seeing a, a lot of really big things in Q1 of, of this upcoming year. Well, I'm excited speaking for myself and probably for the community. Yeah, we're definitely excited to see what comes out of the ENS Labs team. Yeah, we both. <laughs> if you're able to just kind of talk a little bit more about maybe some of the thoughts behind potential marketing plans. I know you said that it's not necessarily the immediate thought on the agenda, but if you have any thoughts on it, potential ideas or, you know, things that maybe the community itself could help take part in and, and help grow this. Like, is there anything that comes to mind for you? 
Yeah, I mean, this is more so Corey's field. Um, this is something that he's been working closely on. So I, I don't want to talk too much on it as it's not really my place. But I think as far as what I can do to help or how I'm envisioning myself being a part of it is reaching out to larger content creators, people on different social media platforms, potentially, and seeing if we can kind of get the word out there in a more traditional yet modern way. So I guess like, you know, technology through social media and like, in, in, I hate to say it, but influencership, <laughs> things of that nature. And I think a big, big thing for us is going to be education. One of the reasons maybe that ENS or, or Web3 really hasn't gotten to that place of mass adoption yet is because it does require some hands-on education. So I think the community does an excellent job of creating content and breaking things down and making things more easy to absorb. And so that is going to be something that I will push for. I think it's something that the community will continue to push for as well. And then I think another big thing is getting into publications, getting into like journals, into blogs in a, in a very traditional way, you know, just written material. I think is another big thing because if you can reach a certain amount of people with your following on Twitter, you know, one article in a large magazine or in a large newspaper can really push your content from maybe exposure of a few thousand people to tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. So that'll be another big thing that I'm going to be pushing for and working on in the next quarter and, and the following year. Gotcha. And I know we're kind of putting you on the spot probably with some of these questions. That's okay. Uh, you, I understand you don't have the answers to everything either, but in your opinion, you know, and obviously both elements are very important, but for ENS to really take that, I guess, next step, would you say like businesses are the biggest step getting businesses onboarded? Um, is it just getting like the mass population onboarded? I, obviously there's a bunch of different uses, you know, from web identity to building something on the, on the names themselves. Like, is there one party that you think that should really be targeted in the next, uh, you know, months to year? Yeah, this is a really good question too. You guys have, have set up quite the interview. Um, I, we've tried. <laughs> it's very, very thoughtful, really. Um, I think getting ENS involved and incorporated into other protocols and in front of other teams and people that are building in this space as well, not in ENS, but in Web3 in general, like in the metaverse or in social graphs or something of that extent, even like Barcaster, things that maybe people in the community are building but aren't even out yet. I think reaching people early is, is a big thing and having them kind of work ENS into whatever they're working on, uh, whether it's a protocol or project or whatever the development is. I think another really big thing will be kind of bridging that that gap between the NFT and the ENS ecosystems for whatever reason. And we do have a decent amount of people who do both. But I think there's there are more people in the ENS ecosystem who also do NFTs than vice versa. So I think really reaching out to the NFT world and putting it in front of them and getting them onboarded and kind of showing them why ENS will matter so much and how it can really improve their lives and help with what they're doing will be a very great and important step. Beyond that, I think onboarding people like large companies 
through the importing option, I think will be another really large push. Once we see, and we have already seen a massive companies start working with ENS and building on top of it or acquiring their names, once we really see them putting it to use, I think it'll it'll be a massive game changer for us. Like you said, there's so many potential use cases. I think even like royalty programs, things of that nature, maybe in the in the like shopping industry, I think merchants will make great use of it. So those are probably a couple of things that for me, once we see those things really happen, I think will speed up the process. Yeah, I think those are all really good points. I mean, I, every time, I feel like every conversation I have, I kind of jump back to websites and like, you know, the early days of how people saw they were using them and the adoption of them. But like, in my opinion, it's trying to transition from like a want to get an ENS to like a need to get an ENS name. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it's like, you know, if Starbucks starts using their .eth for a royalty program, or a rewards program, like, of course, people are going to have to get one in order to do it. Like if somebody creates the next big social platform, like people are going to have to get one in order to take part in it. So I think in my opinion, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on it first, but in my opinion, it's the businesses and the builders, which we obviously have a lot of builders in this space that have to be targeted before like the mass population actually wants, but also needs to take part in it. Yeah, absolutely. There, there really does need to be a push for education, I think. And that'll drive a lot of what's going on in the background because the backbone of really any large industry is the the builders, uh, the people that you might not see, but are engineering the entire operation. So once we reach them and once they see why it is so important, I think from there, we'll see the ball like really rolling. Yeah, for sure. I was trying to see if I could find it. We put out a a tweet like early on whenever I first created ENS Central that like kind of touches on it, but it was essentially saying that like, you know, at the end of the day, it's the builders of today that are deciding the future of tomorrow. Like everybody else, the rest of the population, they're just following the path that is being built for them. So really, if you're trying to get ahead on this stuff, like looking towards what the good builders are doing, you know, showcases what the next big thing will be. And, and in my opinion, that's really looking like ENS is is what the builders are using to build today. Yeah, definitely. And and another thing I wanted to mention is is also that ENS is very unique, not just because of its importing option, but because it is multi-chain. Um, you have the ability to use ENS on over a hundred different chains. So anybody on any different blockchain with any project coming out can still use ENS's potential and capabilities and utility to build their project further. So this is something that I think a lot of people don't realize, but is something that I try to inform people of. It's maybe not as well known because obviously Ethereum is in the name of ENS, but it is a huge factor in adoption. This isn't something that is isolated. It's something that can be used on any blockchain almost, you know, so it has a crazy amount of potential in that way. Right. And I, it's, it's almost somewhat of a hindrance with the naming because I know for myself, when I first started, I was like, all right, so I can only do anything with Ethereum. I, I didn't even realize you could send NFTs and stuff like that through a dot name. So it's like the ability to get that point across to people, I think is going to be huge in the coming months to years. 
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we're going to see a lot of different use cases, even with the exchanges and stuff. You've already got CB.ID, which is using ENS in the background there. And there, there are so many other exchanges and platforms that, you know, hopefully we'll be trying to reach out to and, and coordinate with and allow them to kind of do it in a similar way. So once we see that happening, and again, like it's not always super important that ENS is at, like .eth, I should say, is, is in the forefront of things. Really what ENS Lab's mission is, is to protect the longevity and to increase the opportunity and the value of the ENS protocol. So ETH is not ENS. Uh, ENS is, is a protocol that can be used in, in so many different ways and is, it's just working in the background, really. .ETH is the representative of that, but you know, there is just, there's just so much more going on in the background. Yeah, 100%. You know, just this whole entire process, this scene where you really came from. And even right now, just the fact that you're able to explain the EMS protocol, explain what you're excited for, I, I think it's actually pretty awesome. So thank you again for, you know, being able to speak with us. One thing I did want to ask you though, and this is a little bit of a, a little personal question, okay. but, like, but if anything, when I first met Alicia, I think it was around like in, uh, NFT NYC. And when I first met her, I didn't know who I was looking at. And then just to figure, <laughs> right. And, but, to, but to figure out that, you know, she was part of the team and like she was pretty much like uh, a superhero, but that no one realized. And I think that that really did change my perception of Red 3. I did want to ask. How has being a woman in Web3 kind of affected you personally? And then how do we try to onboard more women into Web3? I think that that's an important topic that we really have to start discussing. I, I love that you asked me that. That is an excellent question. Um, thank you. Thank you for asking me that. Yeah, I think having Alicia as a representative of ENS and hearing her in that space initially was really an empowering source for me. Alicia is such a strong woman. She's such a strong person in general, but you know, you really don't see very many women, especially women of color, but women in general in this space, in the tech space who are at the forefront of things. So I think the pressure is a little bit on me now as well to kind of be a good role model and to open up doors the way that Alicia did for me and try to be more personal about these types of topics. Creating a safe space for women is something that I think is really, really important. And I think that the ENS ecosystem really does do a good job of it. But, you know, there are always more things that we could be doing. As, as I'm sure is pretty obvious, I think probably 80 plus percent of the ecosystem right now is male-based. And having women on board will bring different opportunities. It'll bring different insight to things. You know, women have different skills. And I, I believe that things are really a spectrum. But if we want to be on the extreme side of things, do you think that women have different outlook just because of the experiences that they've had in life, similar to how men do as well? And I think, cre yeah, creating more safe spaces, opening up more doors, women that are in positions to do that, really do need to reach out. And, and I think onboarding masses of women will come 
along with having something they can relate to. For me, it was Alicia. You know, the the protocol was incredible and I was I was really fascinated by it. But it was also the the foresight of maybe potentially being somebody in a similar position to her. And for me, it was it was the first time I had really seen anybody in in like a woman in that type of position. So this is a it's a really tricky question. And, you know, I've been asked this before and I have given it a lot of thought. It's difficult. I was at a women's hackathon in Lisbon at the Web Summit. It was a side event at the Web Summit. And seeing all of these women together in one room creating incredible, unimaginable things. Like I, it was mind blowing. I think creating more events like that will help onboard more women and make them feel comfortable in this space. I think also asking questions like this and letting them know that you know, it's it's okay to vocalize their point of view, even if it's not the loudest in the room. <laughs> um, I think also just giving women the space to speak is a really big thing. Being aware of your surroundings as men and making sure that you're not crossing lines, making sure that you are you are making it comfortable enough for us to be there. I think in in the beginning of my journey here, there were a lot of different spaces that I joined where they were a little bit later at night. I'm on the West Coast, so, you know, I would catch things later than most people would. And sometimes it would get rowdy. Sometimes, you know, it might get a little inappropriate and this and that. And I would often just drop out of those spaces. And it was a shame. But I think just kind of controlling that aspect of things, filtering it, being whoever's in charge of these spaces or in charge of these accounts and stuff, just making sure that you are providing enough room for women to feel safe and in a place where they can be more educated and stuff as well. And I think, yeah, a big part of it is just creating the opportunity. I will probably focus in Q1 and Q2 more on onboarding women specifically into ENS. I know there are a couple of different working groups in Web3 that are primarily for women. So more of that. And yeah, I think it's it's a solid place to start, but I think that we have a very long road of work ahead of us. In general, women are typically not as involved in STEM as, as men are in, in so many industries as men are. So we have this opportunity with something so malleable to mold it in a very fair way. Um, and I think that we need to be really careful with that. And I think that we need to see it as an opportunity and and really kind of nurture it. No, 100%, 100%. And like you said, how you looked up to Alicia, you know, I think that down the line, that's how a lot of people are going to be looking at your journey as well. Like I said, I mean, I, I have a, a sister myself that really is on the fence about Web3, but I feel like it's important to be able to, to instill these things because, you know, the future is coming, whether you like it or not. So we got to make sure that the, the future is inclusive. So. Yeah, definitely. I, I appreciate you asking that question. I really do. I think it's something that we maybe don't focus on as much as we should, but minorities of, of any kind of part of our community and our world should be focused on. And, you know, the people that are not often given those opportunities might actually have that opportunity. And it's very rare. 
but they might actually have that opportunity at Web3 now. So it is something that we, we should pay attention to and we should kind of make that initiative. And thank you so much. I mean, I really do hope that even if I'm like an inspiration for one other person, the way that Alicia was for me, I hope that I can kind of bring them along and, and help them progress in their journey. And there are so many women in this space that are doing really incredible things. And, you know, we just do it differently. <laughs> I think that's just kind of the matter of the fact we, we have our own way of doing things. You know, we approach things in a different way. So we have a lot to, to add, a lot of value to add to this community as well. And, and, you know, the more opportunities that we are given, the more we can prove that to the world. And I'm excited to see what comes of it. But wrapping up here, because I, I know we're running on time, but I wanted to ask, you know, the big question. And this question we have brought up on every single interview. And so you probably know what's coming, but wanted to ask you if you could have any dot east, anyone at all, what would it be? <laughs> this is a great question. Um, oh boy, you know, I think I kind of I kind of already have all of the dot eats that I am super passionate about owning. I have my first name. Between myself and my siblings, we have our first name, our last name, our mother's maiden, and like my parents' names as well. So I honestly, I feel really comfortable with where I'm at. I want other people to have the opportunity to own whatever name they want to. And I, I, think, I think I'm like good with just owning my identity. You know, I think that's like the biggest one for me. Um, it just being able to represent myself with my name. <laughs> which is is a unique name, certainly. But in many other cases, I haven't actually been able to get it. Like I don't have it on other social media sites. I don't even have it on Twitter. So it's pretty cool for me if things, you know, really do evolve and progress in that direction that I am sedaf.e. Uh, so that's that's pretty exciting for me. But yeah, I think um, I think I probably own the one that I would want most. I, I don't think we can let her, uh, I don't think we can let her get out of this. Um, I, <laughs> I like your answer, but you get, you got to give us something. You, you can't get out of the question. Okay. Okay. Well, I used to own sad, S-A-D dot E. Um, it's kind of a funny story. Somebody reached out to me because they thought my name, Sadaf, was actually sad AF. And this was very early in my, uh, my ENS journey. And I decided to buy it off of them. It was the most money, I think, at the time that I'd ever spent on anything. It was very expensive. And I, you know, I bought it and I wasn't able to hold on to it because I had overinvested like many of us do. And so it was very unfortunate, but I had to sell it. And I think if there was one ENS, just because it has kind of sentimental value to me, one ENS that I could get back, it would probably be sad.e. I will definitely accept that as an answer. I couldn't let you be our first <laughs> guest to just just avoid the question there. So thank you for thank you for giving us something there. But um, I really did enjoy listening to all of the the answers you had and all the thoughts you had for us today. Certainly a lot of clippable moments. So you will probably see a lot of posts with you tagged over the coming weeks. But I just want to say thank you again for doing this. Um, you know, I know we're both and everyone in the community is looking forward to, you know, see what you do with ENS Labs and how you continue to grow ENS as a whole. Yeah, if I if I can just take a moment to thank you guys too. Um, I love what you guys are doing with ENS Central and I think it's very innovative. I haven't seen anybody really 
playing around with like a graphic style of uh, putting putting content out there. So that's that's pretty neat to see. It's really original. And, you know, I think it really shows a lot of ambition um, and initiative on on your part, because, you know, with me, it just started out with spaces. But this is a this is a really, really cool project. So I appreciate you guys making time for me and having me on. You're making me blush. You got to stop. <laughs> no, we're we're trying to do something that's, you know, hopefully different from what other people are doing. A lot of the guests that we've had come on have said uh, similar things about just, uh, while people are definitely putting out a lot of great stuff in the community, you know, just having different mediums to to showcase what ENS is all about and what potential it has. That's going to be really important, you know, in the coming months to year, like you were saying, to onboarding more people and getting people who want to get involved into it. But again, thank you for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. We both really appreciate it. And we're looking forward to seeing what else comes. Yeah, thank you guys so much.